the front page to screen. Hello. Hello. I was giving uh, Bob 60 seconds to see if Bob was going to show up, but Bob is not here, so we <laughs> shall carry on regardless and i'll keep an eye on uh, on whether he actually turns up or not so how are you this evening rob it is that uh, 6th of december i think it's still 2020 isn't it oh it is just for a, a little while longer <laughs> then, it'll be, then it'll be 2021 and people will be like this year's just as terrible as the last year because <laughs> uh, people still seem to be under the impression that once a calendar changes then everything gets sorted out Oh, it's yeah. not been like that for a long, long time. So, do you realise we've done like 42 podcasts whilst we've been in some sort of lockdown or other? That's not bad going. No, uh, it's it's good to get something productive done. It is. And thank you for classing podcasting as productive. That is much, much appreciated. Well, it is. I think it is. You know, th- this could be bringing... Um, a bit of joy to somebody's life who's just got nothing better to do during lockdown. So, well, uh, you know, that is a productive goal. I know Abel enjoys it, so he'll be listening there at some go. point. He's, to be fair, though, he generally He's uses... somewhere cuddling a goat. Well, possibly. <laughs> he, he generally uses it as a <laughs> distraction from his job. So, yes, we are yeah. most definitely providing a service to Abel. There we're, you go. We're keeping the guy from tipping over into insanity and, you know, his conversations with me whilst we're at work also keeps me from tipping over into insanity and i know that neil johnson he listens to it uh, at some point generally when he's not running around filming things or f- crashing drones <laughs> or falling down mountains or or whatever but uh I, i've spoke to him three times this week and every time i spoke to him he's been off driving into the middle of nowhere for some reason so he's <laughs> he's keeping busy i envy him he's able to film stuff i was going to say for those amazing videos that's why he's driving everywhere yeah, and they work. They're they're worth the effort. Yeah. See, I, I if somebody said to me, it's like you can get this amazing shot. You've only got to drive like four hours. That's if I could drive, <laughs> which I can't. I'd just be like, is there not something nearer? Is there not yeah. something just you know around that corner where the trees are? Can it, I know it won't look as good. It's all do. right. Just, it's a, yeah, it's I'll ex- get a fallen leaf. It's acceptable, and you know, instead of like a hurricane, can I just? Wait till it rains a little bit or something. So I do envy and uh, I admire his dedication to his art. Maybe one day I'll get Me there. Too. But for now, I'm like, can we not just use one tree instead of a forest? So, but that's probably because I've forgotten how to film stuff. I haven't, actually, I haven't filmed anything since February when I was touring with Rhapsody of Fire and Mr. Johnson. So it's, uh, I have dug out my camera though. It is next to me, so I'm going to play around with it and just learn how to do the complicated things like switch it on. And zoom in and zoom out, and you know, like the real technical stuff that you need to learn to be a filmmaker, like change the battery and uh, find a cable that charges the other battery up. So I'm I'm really going into it, really deep, really really serious at the minute. (laughs) So uh, so you and I are working on this very secret, which is not too secret, I guess, because it's a pinned tweet. But this uh, this castle project, so far so good. Yeah. So far, so good. I have HUD, and I've not kept score of how many videos I've HUD, but let's just say 10, just for the sake of, because mm-hmm. it's easier to do percentages with 10. So I've had like 10 videos sent in, and the pinned tweet is basically, let me let me read what the pinned tweet is, just so I can do it absolutely accurate. 
I'm about to start writing Project Castle. Up to 10 people find themselves in this UK building. Send me by direct message a short pitch video. Who is your character and why are you in the building? The filming won't be till late 2021, but is a paid feature. So out of the 10, I've probably had about three or four that, that type their character thing out. Which I noticed a flaw with that because the tweet actually said send a pitch video. Um, <laughs> but out of the ones that have sent a pitch video, it's fascinating to watch the different methods that people use. Because obviously that's all mm-hmm. that's the only rules that I've set out is that tweet that I've that I've put there. So now and again somebody will say, you know, when is the film set? So I will I've given them a, a further paragraph um, of it. But generally it's like free reign to just do whatever. I had one lady contact me and she said, uh, before my son gets overexcited, is he able to apply? Is there an age restriction? And I pretty much said, look, if you can figure out a way to make him there in the castle on his own, go for it. Uh, there's no age restriction. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Go for it. But I've had others who have um, who have sat there and said, oh, this is my character. My character would do this. My character would, could, would do that. And then I've had others who just perform the character. It's fascinating. To just see the different <laughs> styles that people have uh, have sent in. I saw one before this, and I need to video them all to send them to you because you're helping with this whole thing. Is um, one of them had sent in a video, and I'm guessing that they had recorded on a computer the the other person's lines, so they were reading lines with a computer, and it was like. Oh, I've never seen that done before, so that was really clever. Uh, one other person actually nice. used lighting effects and did it in a dark room with a torch below them and got all creepy and stuff. And it's uh, <laughs> it's very very good. So you know, ongoing. Somebody said, uh, "Am I still able to apply? Has it closed yet?" I'm like, "No, the casting call will not close for months." Um, so. How bad is my audio going in and out, Rob? Because um, every ten seconds I I get, um, I probably lose three or four seconds. Okay, let me try and find a backup dongle, then, which will probably go a bit mental. So yeah, obviously, because it's because it's recording at my side, it'll all be fine. However, it doesn't make it easy for you. <laughs> to uh, to keep up with the conversations. So, in theory, it should kick in in a second. Let's have a look. Will it stop the recording? No, that is the question. Right, are you still there, Rob? <laughs> I am. Right, just let me know if my audio just goes a bit off or whatever, but it shouldn't do, because okay. I'm getting like a 100 meg download and probably about 10 to 15 uploads, so... Nah, 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 nah. Um... But yeah, so I'm very, very happy with the castle videos. They are they are doing well. So I will just see how many yeah. more of those things come in. I suppose after uh, watching a bunch of celebrities in a castle, uh, a lot of people want to apply and uh, get in this castle themselves. Yeah, well, the castle thing came... It's not even a case of I've watched I'm a Celebrity, because A, I haven't watched it, but you know I'm not living under a rock, so I'm aware of it. But this was... I think this started when I was looking for the locations for the, the first Mimi film. Mm-hmm. And we were looking on Airbnb and it's like, oh my God, and me, I think Bob was, was here when we were looking at us back in the days when you could house mix. And um, and we looked <laughs> and we saw a castle and we're like, oh my God, how cool would it be to rent a castle and then actually film something in it? 
and then that just disappeared into the back of my mind. And then uh, because I've got scripts piling up that are going to feature Lamissa, what I don't want to do mm-hmm. is keep writing more scripts to feature Lamissa because she's obviously busy doing other stuff that doesn't include me. So yeah. I thought, right, I need to write something different that doesn't necessarily include her. Um, so that's where this castle idea came from. I'm like, oh, I could just rent a building, fill it with people, and then film it. So it's definitely not a I'm a celebrity type thing. It, I don't want it to be a supernatural, creepy thing. Um, I don't want it to be a... I need it to be set modern what? modern day because it's cheaper. Um, but yeah, so... That's that's my week. So, what have you been up to? Uh, well, other than the uh, multiple WordPress sites I seem to be building nowadays, mm-hmm. um, not much. Uh, I have managed to watch quite a bit, though, which is nice. Okay. Um, you know, it, it's that whole um, work hard, play hard strategy. So, uh, that's what I've been doing. So, what have you been watching? Oh, let's, uh, let's pull up the list. Mm-hmm. Um I've finished off Better Call Saul, um, which, you know, really disappointed me that I got to the last episode, but I got really happy when I found out that there was a sixth uh, season on the way. Yes. Well, I think it's going to end uh, with, you know, with season seven, I believe. Ah, well, I've only got about, you know, 12 months probably to wait until yeah. <laughs> I get to see season six anyway. So, uh, so there was that. Um, quite a few Christmas things on the list. Um, a... Uh, a Christmas movie called Christmas Town on uh, Sky slash Now TV. Mm-hmm. Um, the Christmas Chronicles two movie on Netflix. Um, what else? Uh, Noel on Disney Plus, another Christmas movie. Okay. Um, and then um, I I use a, a, a VPN to work um, with on on the computer, so. Um, it, it doesn't take much for me to be able to access um, streaming platforms that are kind of US-based and restricted. Okay. Um, and uh, because of that, I was able to watch um, Saved by the Bell, the the new series, season one, episode one on Peacock TV in America, uh, which I was very excited about, but really disappointed that after season one, um, they're all locked and you have to pay a subscription. So uh, I'm not going to be able to watch any more until they uh, find a home in the UK. Um, other than that, uh, a few more things. Uh, Minority Report, the TV show, a Fox show on Sky and Now TV. Um, Jojo Rabbit, uh, the movie. Uh, again, Now TV slash Sky. What's your thoughts um, on Jojo Rabbit? Because I, I haven't seen that. So it's, it's one that... It looks interesting, it's, but I've just never got round to watching it. I recommend watching it. I enjoyed it. It it was nothing like I expected. It it's one of these movies where I'm not sure anybody really knows what to expect from it. Um, I don't think anybody can match up with the, with the movie. Um, it's different, but it's fun. That's all I can really say without giving things away. Okay, but you would recommend it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I good. would indeed. Good, good. Um, Discovery season three, episode eight. Um, you know, every week it's uh, another Discovery episode, and it was a good one. I was uh, I was happy again with that. Um, Mulan, the live action <gasps> movie on Disney Plus. Yes, because I was chatting to you about this, and I highly recommended it. And then now you've watched it, so do tell. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I I have to put it out there that I've never seen the Mulan animated movie. So I was going into Mulan pretty much. Okay, I may have lost you, Rob. Uh, I think we're back. I did yes. hear some uh, beeping, but yes, you were you were uh, you were saying I went into Mulan pretty much, and then that was it. That you <laughs> you went away for a little while. Yeah, I, I went in pretty much blind. Uh, I'd never seen the animated um, Mulan, so um, it, this was pretty much the this was my first Mulan, um, and I really enjoyed it. You know. I, I like a good action movie, so there was lots of action. Um, you know, it was, you know, live action um, a la Jackie Chan, which I love. Yep. Um, it's a family movie. It's also got a really positive message for um, for girls. So, you know, watching it with my daughter, I was really happy about did you see what I meant when I said it's kind of a serious film, but it still keeps the essence of Disney? Yes. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, full disclosure, Nicole decided not to watch it and uh, and left. But <laughs> but me and Addy uh, did watch it and we both really enjoyed it. Why did she why did Nicole decide not to watch it? She just decided that she wasn't going to like it up front um, and left before it even started. Oh. So uh, I'm, I'm trying. I'm going to try and talk her around into watching it because I do think she'd like it. She's one of these people. She doesn't like action movies, you see. And granted, it's got a lot of action, but also it's got some kind of lovely themes to it, which I think kind of for people who don't like action, it does balance it out. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I mean, I've. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know why I wanted to watch it. I think it it just looked like something different than a lot of the other Disney live action films. But uh, I have seen the mm-hmm. I have seen the animated one. The animated one's pretty good. But I think, as I said to you, I think it's you know it's good. It's not my favorite Disney film, but the live action mm-hmm. one I think is my favorite of the Disney live action movies. So has that jumped onto your list of favorite yeah. Disney action movies? Uh, the live action. I ones? think it has. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Very much so. I am happy then. Uh, yeah. And then the, fa- the the last thing on my list, uh, which I watched just before this show, um, was um, the Netflix uh, documentary TV series, The Movies That Made Us, the Ghostbusters episode. Yes. What did you think? Because you know quite a lot about uh, Ghostbusters anyway, don't you? So did you learn anything new from that episode? I do. Um, I did. Um, for me... Um, I really didn't uh, realise how kind of quickly and rushed it was made. Um, you know, it was really rushed through. And, um, you know, actually, you know, I watched um, Ghostbusters, the original movie, probably, you know, 12 to 18 months ago the last time. And I still didn't notice the um, the kind of errors that were in there just because it was a, a quick slapdash put together production um, that were kind of shown in this show. You know, there's there's one point where a whole building is pretty much flicker. Really interesting. I always love these documentaries. I think they're really good if you're, if you're into the shows. Um, and that's the thing with, with them, you can pick and choose. So if you're, if you're into Ghostbusters, but nothing else that, that is in the series, you can just go, you know what, I'll jump in and watch the Ghostbusters episode, and that's it. Have you watched any of the other ones of that series, though? Because 
I, I've seen them all, and even on the ones where I'm not too fussed about the film, the episodes are still really good. I've got some sort of weird banging yeah, going on outside my house. It's very strange. <laughs> do some more about uh, To be honest, I I haven't. Um, we we literally sat down to to have something to eat before this episode uh, episode of the podcast, and. Um, Nicole said to me, she said, oh, I've been meaning to um, to watch something with you. Um, she said, I've been watching this series and there's a, a certain episode that I thought I can't watch without you. And that was my first introduction to the show. So obviously, um, after this, that'll go on my uh, Netflix watch list and I'll go back and watch all the others. Because they are really good. I, mean, I didn't watch them in any certain order. I just went for the ones, oh, I like that film, I'm mm. going to watch it. But I think the last one I watched was Dirty Dancing, which is a film I like, but it's not like, oh, look, there's a Dirty Dancing one. I need to watch that. Yeah. But even that one's really interesting. So the Home Alone one is possibly one of my favourite ones. Yeah, the Home Alone one I'm really looking forward to. Um, the Dirty Dancing one too, though, because I was a big Dirty Dancing fan. I was, so. but I think that Dirty Dancing has kind of suffered in the same way Pretty Woman has, which is also a great film, but it's just become overplayed or over-talked about, and it's like, okay, you know, I like I like the film before the whole flipping planet liked it type thing so it's uh-huh. i think i've probably seen that film yeah. more times than i should have you know so i think that's why i'm not as me big too fun. yeah still good i had I, I had a whole phase where it was either um that night i'll put the dirty dancing vhs that would be recorded off tv at, at christmas time or whatever it may be um or or the grease uh, vhs and that would be my my nightly viewing for for at least 12 months when i was growing up as a kid well f- full disclosure i had both soundtracks of dirty dancing i had dirty dancing and more dirty dancing on cassette so yes i was also ah. a fan of the movie well this uh also plays into the fact that you know when we were talking on the last episode you know you got your video shop i worked on my dad's um video market stall and um because of that i realized and i'm not sure many people did that there was a dirty dancing tv show and uh that was one of the things that was for sale on vhs on my dad's stall and uh something that that i um got myself a copy of because i was such a big fan of the movie obviously None of the cast was in it, really, so uh, it, it was pretty much a, a reboot and um, nowhere near uh, the calibre of the film, but I still watched it. Well, I ended up also buying a Dirty Dancing concert tour, VHS, which had them, <laughs> had them uh, performing the songs. So, yeah, I in was... Which case- uh, I uh, I can see you've you've beaten me. <laughs> <laughs> of course, now it's not cool to like uh, like dirty dancing, is it? And do you know it's, it's the same. It wasn't with, cool to, to was, be a sci-fi fan and like Star Trek, but I still did it, so I don't care. That's very true. You've been through this sort of treatment many times in yeah. your life. <laughs> uh, it's the same with Titanic, isn't it? When Titanic came out, everybody loved it, and now it's not really cool to like it. And everybody just bashes it constantly. But there was no people didn't hate that film when it came out. They loved it. it rent, no. Dirty Dancing rented like crazy in the video stores. That was before I worked in it. But you know, me trying to get a copy of it was difficult. But and now everybody just bashes it. So I don't know where the hatred yeah. came from. Miserable, no, with, miserable. People. Again with Titanic, I remember I bought the limited edition VHS box set that also came with the soundtrack mm-hmm. and also came with a uh, special film cell. No, have you still got that film cell? I am not sure. It, I think 
I do. I think I saved very few VHS, but I think that was one of them. It'll be uh, probably um, in the depths of the the Sci-Fi Wales archives in the storage unit. I have a film cell from ET. That's probably that's I think the only film cell that I've got, but that's that's my oh. one. So that is not too very bad. good. That is not too bad. So how is my audio? Is it still breaking up slightly or or not? Slightly, but nowhere near as bad as uh, originally. So That's I good. think we're good. All I do good. is try and fill the gaps. When you when when it pauses, I just make up what you're saying. So you know. Well, that's not uh, good because you're I... not you're not joining in the conversation. That's why I wanted to ask. I thought <laughs> if it's that bad, we can reboot. Our, or if it's still you know if it's not too bad, we can just carry on regardless. So nobody will be the yeah. wiser. So. No, I think we're all right at the moment. Good, but yeah, film cells. I, that was one of those things. I was never. I don't. I, I had a few of them, but I never <laughs> got to the point where it's like, right now, I need to start collecting lots of film cells. But it was. Uh, they're always interesting. I think those things. I, I bought quite a few of them for people's Christmas presents, but I never <laughs> really could. I always found it'd be difficult to display them because they're tiny, and unless you yeah. shine a torch through them, they're very difficult to see what the hell's going on. <laughs> Well, I remember um, looking into film cells, you know, the, the, there was all the Star Trek movies as film cells. And, you know, on the packaging, it was, you know, this is an, a, a, you know, a fish, official piece of an original film cell. And you think, really? Yeah. Was it? And, um, you know, at the time I was still um, running my sci-fi shop. So uh, I uh, I remember looking into this thinking, you know, I've got to get to the bottom. And how it works was these companies that got the licenses to sell them would buy up um, trailers from the movies from um, all these um, cinemas yeah. and cut them into, um, you know, the, the piece of film cell that you saw. So oh. whilst it was <laughs> an authentic piece of an original uh, film cell. It was actually one of the trailers playing. Oh, so the, it's not even part of the movie, cinemas. really, is it? No. That's all. No. I'm so glad I didn't buy. You would have shattered my my illusions <laughs> if I had like a huge collection of film cells. I'd just be like ripping them all down and binning them all. I think now because even though it's kind of cool that you got a trailer, it is yeah. very dodgy going here is an actual film cell. It's not, is it? It's mm-hmm. a trailer cell. No. That's, wow. Um, so anybody who did collect the film cells, I'm sorry if I've just shattered your dream. <laughs> it's the same with autographs, and I know we're going to move on to autographs <laughs> and stuff later on, but it's like, how do we know they're genuine? We do in some mm-hmm. cases because we like, you know, we'll meet the, we'll meet the person <laughs> yeah. that's signing them, or we'll get a certificate from like a, a reputable company. But uh, yeah. and I, I think my thing is, if I have an autograph and it's not genuine. It's only not real if I know it's not real. If I'm under the impression that it is 100% genuine, <laughs> it still gives me the pleasure that it's real. So I'm all right with that. But, mm-hmm. you know, it only becomes an issue if it's a not genuine one, if you're going to sell it and then you find out and then you're very sad and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. But yeah, sounds like you've had a busy week. I've been running after me and me and you were chatting to Sean the other week. Uh, mm-hmm. I've run back into nostalgia. So this week I have watched or rewatched, I should say, Police Academy, which is on one ah, of the streaming the platforms. Place. I think it's Netflix. It's on. Mm-hmm. That that's a lot more adult than I remember that film. I know. <laughs> I, I remember this when I put it on for me, Nicole, and Addy to watch the other week. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of language in that you wouldn't use anymore. Poor old Annette was shocked. She was it's like, "Oh my god." That- 
the same as Return to Oz. You know, you think, I remember this film from my childhood. It was it was really funny and a really good mm. movie. And you get five minutes in, you go, uh, it's not very good, is it? We'll watch something else. Yeah, let's let's cover it up now. I don't know what they're doing in the shower. Yeah, there's a lot of naked flesh in there. There's a lot of racist uh-huh. comments, uh, homophobic comments, just general adult material. And I mean, don't get me wrong, it's still a damn funny film, and I was laughing my head off. But it it sort of I don't remember the other Police Academy films being that adult. I think they downgraded them to like. PGs and stuff after that, but uh, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, Police Academy two onwards, they're not on any streaming platforms. So they've done that nope. age old thing where they give you the first hit for free, and then they expect you to pay for the second one, and third one, and fourth one, and fifth one, and so on. So no, not it's not happening. Uh, and talking about um, you know political correctness in in movies and everything i can't actually remember what it was now but i was flicking through now tv which is obviously um a sky product um and one of the uh descriptions for uh one of the movies on there was pretty much uh this movie contains outdated themes and <laughs> um you know references and blah 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 so it looks like it's even come to sky now the uh, the warnings great I how do you feel about the warnings well, actually, I felt pretty annoyed because it didn't give me any synopsis on the film. It just gave me a warning. Mm. <laughs> yeah. At least if you're going to put the warning on there, put the warning along with the description. They should just but have certificates. Do you not think? Go is, back to that. Yeah. I, you know, I completely understand what they're getting at because you know a lot of these shows that you know that we love and we watch you know only fools and horses one of my favorite shows you know is <laughs> is full of outdated um kind of references and language that, that nobody a dream are using nowadays <laughs> no but i think it's one of those things that you shouldn't kind of brush under the carpet or try and hide or take away because it you know that is kind of editing history it's part of history mm. that is how um you know these things were um and you know and i think if you're the kind of person who's going to click on and watch and only fools you've got an idea what it's about anyway and what it's going to be like um so I'm, I'm, I'm not sure it's actually needed but maybe you know i'm sure other people differ in opinion and, and that's totally valid but in my point of view i think um i think it's there to look like these uh, kind of um, streaming services are actually doing something, but I'm not sure what actually it is doing. Do you think it's the equivalent of this coffee is hot and may burn you type labels on a hot cup of coffee? Yeah, you know, um, yeah. You know these Brazil nuts may contain nuts. Oh, okay. <laughs> exactly. And I think I would rather have a warning on a show or a film than not be able to watch the show. I totally agree with that. So we'll go with that one. But it's, I'm st- I'm still working away through the old episodes of Grange Hill, which is a mm-hmm. kid show. It's made for children. And some of the content in that, you're like, oh, my God, you can't say that. It's it's <laughs> way beyond Only Fools and Horses material. And that was a kid show made by the mm-hmm. BBC. So it's, uh, yeah, interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Police Academy I watched. I treated Annette last night to a, a big screen viewing of the the Alex Proyas film, The Crow, 
starring the late Brandon Lee and featuring That's Tony right. Todd because it was Tony Todd's birthday on uh, Friday, I believe, either Thursday or Friday. Oh, so birthday, Mr. Todd. I sent him a message and wishing him happy birthday, and lots of people did as well. So the poor guy was probably his Twitter thing was beep 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 beep. Uh, but I, I thought now that showed me up as a Tony Todd fan, hasn't it? I didn't. Bit. I didn't tweet him. No. Oh. No, you've got to keep up to date. That's it. I'm, going to, I'm going to be blocked now by Tony. Probably. Tony will be like, fan Rob never messaged me. Blah. He'll be like, get rid. Uh, so we rewatched The Crawl, which was amazing on the on the projector. Um, I've also watched a 1992 film, which I bet you've never, ever heard of, but it's fine, called <laughs> Raising Kane, starring John Lithgow, John Lithgow, and John Lithgow, where he plays a person <laughs> with multiple personalities, and it is uh, it's directed and written by a guy called Brian De Palma, who did Scarface and Carrie and the Untouchables and, and stuff like that? So that was a uh, Annette's a big John Lithgow fan. So that was one of my Arrow Blu-ray purchases. So we we checked that out. And um, there's a really good film on Netflix if you've not seen it. Called it's called What Happened to Monday. Now I'd seen the title. Oh, um, is this um, a futuristic film it with um, where you're only allowed to have one child? It is. It's starring uh, Willem Dafoe and, yeah. and like seven versions of Naomi Rapace. There's loads of Amazing a, film. I really enjoyed that film. Very good. Well, I kept getting that mixed up with End of the Fucking World because <laughs> the title kind of looks similar. And I just brushed yep. past it. And then uh, somebody who I work with, Ben, he's, he said, oh, have you watched this? I'm like, no, I've not watched it. And he said, oh, you should watch it. It's really good. So I'm like, is it a series or a movie? He said, it's a movie. I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. So I just clicked play on it. I'm like, oh, Willem Dafoe. Oh, No Meat Repeats. Oh, Glenn Close. <laughs> so I watched that. Very, very good. Very different than what I thought. Yeah. And yet another one of these Netflix things where they just chuck it on and then they go, yeah, whatever. And then you don't see any advertising <laughs> for it at all. And then, you know, it's only when somebody recommends it to you do you decide to watch it and see how, how amazing that film is. But it's very, very good. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, the last two things I've watched are I watched a film called Versus which is from the year 2000. Now, pretty much any action film that came out in the year 2000 looked like The Matrix. I don't know if you remember that time <laughs> period, but everything had like long leather jackets, people wearing black, sunglasses. This is a Japanese film featuring uh, samurai-wielding sort of gangsters running around in a forest. There's a time portal that's bringing zombie gangsters back and the lead characters running around, strangely enough, uh, dressed in black, wearing a long leather jacket and uh, having amazing fight scenes. Really, really good film, but it kind of looks a bit Matrixy. But uh, Arrow have just brought that out in a two-disc special edition Blu-ray. So nice. I sat and watched a whole bunch of versus stuff. There's three commentaries, I think, on it. Two versions of the film and three and a half hours worth of footage, uh, behind-the-scenes documentaries, etc., etc. So I sat and watched that one. And today I've watched in advance of Grimfest because they're doing a Christmas Horror Nights virtual home festival thing. I think they've got a whole bunch of horror movies. I was lucky enough to watch the, what what I deem is now my favourite Christmas movie. It's called Death December. Ooh. And it is, it's a two-hour, 25-minute movie. And it is made up of 24... It's actually about 26 because there's two in the credits at the end. But technically, it's 24 short films, all made by a whole different bunch of filmmakers. 
Uh, <laughs> and one of them was Pollyanna McIntosh did it. She directed, oh, directed wow. one of them. So that was cool. She's in there. Lucky McKee, who did The Woman, is in there. So it's like a whole bunch of just crazy Christmas wonderful short films ranging anywhere from three minutes to probably about six minutes. So I spent, well, obviously two and a half hours today watching that lot and then typing my review up for the website. But I loved it. It's uh, it's very violent. There's, there is a great mix between gory Christmas films and really damn funny Christmas films. There's even an animated one in there. <laughs> so it's a, it's a good old mix of that. So that's called nice. Death December. So that's now entered my festive thing along with Gremlins and, of course, the ultimate Christmas movie, Die Hard, and uh, Die Hard 2 <laughs> will be in there. And where can uh, Death December be watched? Is it a Shudder thing I'm uh, going to No, de- it's not a Shudder no. thing yet. It's a video-on-demand thing, but anybody uh-huh. listening to this before the 12th of December in the UK can go visit Grimfest and then click on uh, the, the purchase pass thing for their Christmas Horror Nights. You can watch it that way. But uh, nice. it's very, very cool. I'm hoping, and I even put it in my review that they actually release the film on Blu-ray but allow you to watch each film one at once so you could actually do it as an advent calendar each I was, year. I was going to ask you how it was filmed is it um, kind of you know in um, you know several different films or is it just one big edited together version just for that reason you know no yeah. it's it's, it's 24 for a horror fan watching one a night it's 24 different horror movies and each between each one you've obviously got the title of the horror film and okay. then you have got like a little sort of graphic that sort of flies into the next number of the advent calendar so you know exactly which number you're up to so you can go oh i want to watch number 12 i want to watch number 20 so it's uh it's clever. So that I'm hoping they do actually do that. It'd be amazing. Mm. It'd be amazing. Yeah. So here's hoping if they do take that idea up, then, you know, they're more than welcome. Just give me a credit. It's fine. I'm all right. <laughs> um, so, and then the final film I watched was, I just, I thought I'll just click on Amazon. So Annette was downstairs last night. She said, oh, I'll be, I'll be up to bed in like 20 minutes. So I thought, well, I'll just play around on Amazon and watch something and uh, she fell asleep downstairs and came up about half midnight and by then I had watched the full movie of Empire Records from the late 80s I believe, maybe early 90s but it's set in a record store you've got a very very young Reddy Zellweger in there, she looks about 17 so that's how old the film is (laughs) you've got a very young Liv Tyler in there they're they're all wearing short skirts you've got uh, just it's just set in a record store. It's amazing. I love that sort of feel-good John Hughes, 16 Candles, Pretty in Pink type film. Just what I needed. So mm-hmm. I sat and watched that last night. So that is Great. the final movie that I've watched. I'm tempted TV show-wise. I I'm, I'm, think I'm ready to go into season four of Fear the Walking Dead, mm-hmm. which I have not yet started. I've had a little bit of a breather from Fear the Walking Dead when I decided to watch more movies, but I'm feeling the need to jump back into a TV show, so um, I believe season four is when Morgan joins mm-hmm. the the show, so you know, I'll probably check that. Did you ever finish World Beyond the Walking Dead? Um, I didn't. What I decided, because it, it is going a bit slow, um, <laughs> I, I was going to wait for more of them to drop and then binge uh the season because obviously we, you will get some kind of uh ending to it um at some point i think it's like 10 on there now i think it has actually finished there we go then i might uh i might start this week i'm gonna have a look because i remember i went on the other week and i thought i'm gonna check and um 
see how many there are on there. And I'm sure the last one was like a couple of weeks before or something, which made me think it's finished. Mm. So 11 episodes in total. It finished on the 29th of November. Oh, no, it did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, 29th of November, 10 episodes, actually, so it has finished. I don't know why they've put 11 on uh, on IMDb. They're lying, so... Yep, they're all on there. It's done. Great. I'll Finito. start it then. So, there you go. And um, when do we get season two? No idea. Who cares? I did... Um, I did actually um, do something out of character this last week as well. What was that? Um, I went and purchased some DVDs and a Blu-ray. <gasps> Ooh. Was that after we were so, all talking last um, week about uh, about buying physical media? Are you like right? I need to yeah, and owning that. something that, and <laughs> you know, it, this this is something that's been niggling me for for a long time. Um, I I am a fan of cartoons. I really loved cartoons as a kid, and that's kind of followed me uh, through to an adult. So um, so some of the things I liked. Well, one of the things I really liked was Transformers, the Generation One, the original animated TV show, um, and then followed by the animated um movie okay um so uh this is something i you know i've owned the animated movie before but never um bought the blu-ray version um i owned it on vhs so i went out and bought the blu-ray um version which comes with um well the version i've got is the i believe the 30th anniversary edition which comes with um two blu-rays one is the original um kind of square tv format and the other is um a widescreen remake as well so uh so i've got that and i also purchased um the entire generation one um 95 episode um box set so i'm very happy now you've just got to find a time to watch them all (laughs) yes that's right this is still the never-ending problem, isn't it? Is how mm-hmm. do we watch all the stuff that we need to watch? I am probably, I don't know. I, I, I would. Would you ever be tempted to make a list of the things you need to watch, or would it just scare you beyond belief? It's like, do you know what? I'll just pretend it's not that long a list and keep no, it in it's, my head. It's better not to have the list. Just, just. <laughs> Just uh, potter along, and then you can always think you're on top of things um, without uh, realizing that you've got so much you need to watch, you're never going to get through it. And I don't know about you, but I because I obviously get a lot of screeners and stuff sent through to review, but when I've watched a film, mm-hmm. it's like when I watch Versus, which I'd never seen before, I was very happy that I got the review done, very happy that I typed it up. Very, but I'm, I also got a sense of achievement that's like, I have finally seen Versus. It's like wow, I've done it. Mm-hmm. I could tick it off my bucket list. It's a film, for God's <laughs> sake. Why am I? Why have I got films on my bucket list? But I do, mm-hmm. and I did. Yeah. So, you know, but I've got a stupid amount of. I've I've, <laughs> I've got a dilemma. I have got the third Godfather film, the re-edited version, arriving on Blu-ray tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Francis Ford got a couple. Of, you've not seen the Godfather films, have you? So that is. I have. A crime against humanity, <laughs> but they are they are amazing films. But so basically, the third one isn't liked as much as one and two because one and two okay. are hailed as classics. They're like wow, best films ever. <laughs> third one, people just generally go eh, don't like it. But it is it's a good film. It's not as good as one and two. It's kind of like Star Trek three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Star Trek three is all right. It's a good film. It's enjoyable, mm-hmm. but it's not as good as the Wrath of Khan. So it's kind of like that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what yeah. Ford Coppola's done is he's re-edited the third one. 
I don't know okay. to what extent. I have no idea to what extent he's re-edited it. And this thing comes out tomorrow. So it's no longer called, called The Godfather Part 3. It is now called The Godfather Coda, as it's C-O-D-A, which apparently is Latin mm-hmm. for epilogue. Uh, okay. The death of Michael Corleone. So the number three has gone. They've got rid of it. So he's totally re-edited the title, <laughs> and the film is arriving tomorrow. But I've not yet rewatched number two yet. So tomorrow, I've told her that. I said, right, tomorrow we're watching the three-hour, ten-minute The Godfather Two, and on <laughs> Tuesday before we start a twelve-hour shift at work, we're going to watch the two and a half-hour Godfather Three. So yeah, that's got a lot of Godfather coming in. Uh, in her near future. But I've also got to fit in mm-hmm. all these Grimfest films as well. So I think this week I'm mm-hmm. definitely going to struggle watching uh, lots and lots of movies and stuff. So, but you know, it's third world problems, isn't it, really? Well, yeah, exactly. You know, is it first world problems or third world problems? First world. A first it? world, yeah. I, yeah, I don't think people in the third world are panicking about whether they can watch The Godfather 3 on Blu ray or not. They've no. generally got bigger problems. But yeah, so first world problems. Let's go with that one. So I have got that. Um, but yeah, other than that, I've not played any video games at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not managed to get a PlayStation 5, which was interesting because we were I was at work and I can't remember what day it was, but there was a web... I, you know, I could check Twitter now and again. It pops up on my phone. And it popped up at 4 o'clock in the morning that Argos had some stock of PlayStation 5s. <laughs> I have never seen the internet go as crazy. And I have never seen the Argos website crash as quick as possible with the entire UK internet population rushing to Argos, adding them to the baskets, being told it's out of stock, being told they got one, being emailed saying, nope, it's now been cancelled. People trying to order one, it was an absolute cluster it was a mess i couldn't even get into my argos account it kept telling me to reset the password so i did and then i would it would say right your password has been successful and then i would go to type in my new password and it would say nope you need to reset it i had about 17 18 of these password reset emails i just gave up in the end i'm like you know what you can shove it so it was uh, a little bit of a mess. So needless to say, I did not get PlayStation Five. You see, neither this did is the uh, the mistake everybody's been making. If you want a PlayStation Five, talk to your local courier driver. <laughs> Just say, can you get me one? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Problem solved. Pretty much. Talking about courier drivers, here's a weird one, Rob. So we work nights. Mm-hmm. It's fine. And that works okay. downstairs. Yeah. I work upstairs. And on our final shift, we finished at seven o'clock in the morning. And we went to bed and we slept till about 12 o'clock. And I think I woke up about half 11 or something, went downstairs for a drink, looked in the living room. There was a bundle of pile, bundle of post behind the door. And there was a parcel there, like a thing of flowers behind mm-hmm. the door. So I'm like, okay, well, that's obviously been up and put that lot there. So I'm going back to bed. So I went back to bed and I said to Annette, I said, what time did you get up? She went, what do you mean? I said, what time did you get up? She went... Well, I haven't been up. I'm like, well, somebody else. She went, what do you mean? I said, well, there's, there's a parcel of flowers in the living room. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, there's a thing of flowers in the living room. Is there? Yeah, there is. Oh, who put that there? I'm like, well, I kind of figured it was you. No, it weren't me. The courier <laughs> driver had obviously opened the front door, gone in the house and put them on the floor and then left. Jeez. It's like, <laughs> thanks for that. 
And um, so then I, there was a little card there from another Korea driver, and uh, it said, left parcel behind green tub, back door. So I'm like, okay. So I opened the back door, and the green tub that we throw all the the uh, the bottles and the cans and stuff in mm-hmm. was on the back doorstep, upside down, obviously covering <laughs> apart. Super cam- super impressive camouflage. Nobody would ever have worked out there was something under there. Nope. So I lifted it up. Cans fell on the parcel because they hadn't even <laughs> emptied it properly. And I took the parcel in. But the guy had tried to close the back gate by holding the wooden panel. So it's ripped the wooden panel off the back door. So it's like, <laughs> courier drivers suck this week. <laughs> Not oh, only I- do they let themselves in your house, but they rip the panels off your back gate as well. I, I do have to agree. Um, we have um, the problem of um, over the last three days, a courier driver who likes to get to your house early. So we've been having um, the doorbell going off at like six fifty nine in the morning. Wow, it's just a bit too early for me, that especially is... when you're working from home. That is a little bit too early, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, we've we've had that, and we <laughs> had one lovely um, Amazon driver who decided to leave the box on the front doorstep and not bother ringing the doorbell or anything like that. So we were in, we didn't know the box was there, and when we finally discovered it, it was absolutely soaked through from uh, from the rain we'd been having. So that was nice. Did you complain and get another one? Um, no, because inside, luckily, there was only every most things um, were packed in uh, plastic. There was just yeah. one thing, um, which was uh, an American um, jelly packet. Their their Jello make um, that was in obviously one of those um, cardboard boxes, and the corner was a bit damp, but it but it seemed all right. So yeah, I let fine. it slide. But um, but yeah. <laughs> Not the best. You'll still never beat the one when Bob got a new laptop and it was like a £1,500 laptop because Bob never does anything half price. (laughs) And the courier just thrown it in his coal bunker and he found it like three weeks (laughs) after. It's like, my God. I said, did you not like tell him you'd not got the parcel, Bobby? went, no, I flipping would have done. Jesus, throwing a laptop (laughs) in a coal bunker. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. So now if I get a PS5, I'm going to get it from a reputable delivery company. I don't want Hermes throwing it over a fence or or uh, something like. That. I don't mind if if the courier lets himself into the house and sets it up. That's that's quite you know, I'll be all right with that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I did say to Annette, I'm like, yes, yeah, you need to make sure you close the door from now on. If courier drivers are letting themselves into your house, it could be somebody mm-hmm. else letting themselves into the house. So yeah. That's the adventure with the career driver. So how are you doing with your Christmas shopping? Is it all done? Or is it still um, ongoing? Or Unfortunately, um, at this time of the year, we've got Nicole's birthday, which is uh, at the end of um, November. We have um, my mum and stepdad's birthdays at the beginning of December. So we're very much um, birthday shopping <laughs> until... You know, a couple of weeks' time, which wow. is then pretty much Christmas. So it's like last minute, run around and uh, and and do what we can. But yeah, it is on my list to start this week. Yeah, the first year ever in the history of my arrival on planet Earth, I'm actually all done. Wow, it's, it's, uh, I, it's I, very strange. You know, take my hat off to you. Um, I was going to call you actually and let you know, but I may as well tell you now um, that 
I'm just going to have um, your um, Christmas presents directly shipped to you, so they'll be wrapped in whatever box or packaging they come in. I'm sorry <laughs> about that. It'll be it'll be wrapped in a Sony nice... PS5 box. <laughs> very nice of you, Rob. You know, I, I don't <laughs> mind throwing you a couple of quid if you want to um, buy yourself some wrapping paper and wrap them up or whatever. Yes, but... it's fine. So basically, <laughs> is um, I'm trying to think of the way, the best way to work around that because I don't want to open it and like so imagine. Just let me know when it's going to be here, well, and, it, and then what I'll do I'm is doing, not open it. Yeah, I'm do- doing with you exactly what I've done with my with my parents for their birthdays so far. Um, you'll get a box and it'll say Stuart Bannerman, and then you'll have brackets and it'll say Christmas present. Brilliant. Okay. Thanks yes. for Annette. So yes. um, you know. And it might even I, say, Christmas present from Rob. Because I'm one of those that doesn't... I don't, I don't open presents early. I don't like to know what I'm getting early. Uh, yeah. yeah, Annette went out the other week and she's like, the presents are in the wardrobe. Do not look at them. I'm like, I don't, and I genuinely don't want to look at them. It's like, yeah. there's nothing worse. I don't see the point. Mm-hmm. It's exactly like, because then... The because then it gets to Christmas Day and you go, oh, there's that thing that I knew about three weeks ago. There's, there's nothing to enjoy on Christmas Day yeah. then. So, I mean, I, you know, yeah. I've got Nicole who's like the exact opposite. So, really? you know, she'll have bought something. She'll be really proud of it. And, you know, it gets to, like, first of all, you start hearing, I've got you a great present. You're going to love your present, you know, constantly. And then a couple of weeks before Christmas, it's like, do you want to see your present? I'm like, nope. no. I don't. Yeah, I'm the same. Wait until Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's <laughs> and that does two things. One, she'll say, "Can, can I just tell you what I've got?" I'm like, "I don't want to yeah. know. I'm all right. <laughs> no, just let me tell you. What. I don't want to know. No, I don't want to know." And then she will also, um, and I'm sure she does it in a jokey way, but pester me to, to "Can I just can I open one early?" No, you can't open one early. Go yep. on, just one because it's like I know you've got more than one, but can I just open one? Can I open one on Christmas Eve? No. <laughs> what what about like at midnight? No. No, it's not happening. And I'm very, I'm a stubborn shit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she doesn't get anywhere with that. But even though part of you is like tempted going, you know what, you will love the thing that I've got you. Yeah, I'd love mm-hmm. to let you have it early. But it's like, no, it's not happening. It's like two weeks or, well, 19 days, isn't it? As the time we're recording till Christmas. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is the festive month. This is December. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think I'm all done. I am posting yours off tomorrow. Um, I'm going to try and get it shipped next day but also you'll see it is a box it is an Amazon box but just because that's the box I used for you but it's all you know I've I've covered up the barcodes and stuff and it's got my name on the front so you'll know that it's come from me so you are okay to just not open that box at all even though the things inside it are individually wrapped just don't open the big box yeah just don't don't open the box at all there's nothing perishable in there there's no i haven't got any fish that'll be dead by christmas you bought me me a fish (laughs) yeah bought bought you a fish and some kittens it'll be they'll they'll be fine the uh, aquarium finally has water in it okay has it got fish in it though has it got what sorry Uh, has it got fish in it no not yet so it's not the an aquarium then, is it? It's a, it? it's a tank with water in it at the minute. It's got water. It's got <laughs> substrate, which is sand to me and you. Mm-hmm. It's got a big rock cave-like thing in the middle for the fish. Okay. It has um, some twigs that aren't really twigs. They're resin, so they don't leach anything into the water. And it now is planted with plants that are a real pain to plant in sand, 
Um, so it's getting there. We now have to do what is called cycling the fish tank, which can take anything up to um, a month or two, um, which is where the good bacteria grows so it can get rid of nit- well ammonia, which turns into nitrite, which then gets turned into nitrates. So, uh, so yeah, once that's done, then we can buy some fish. Is there an ETA on when you will be able to take a picture of the finished fish tank with fish in it? Um, one to two months. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's like so. the biggest project you've ever done, I think. It's, well, it's probably it not, is. but it's, it's quite a big, it's probably the biggest project you've done this year, other than a WordPress yeah. site, of course, which they're quite big projects. In saying that, you know, there's a lot of people they go and buy you know goldfish bowl and plunk a goldfish in even though you know that is way <laughs> too small for a goldfish um and uh, they they don't care about stressing the fish and the, the conditions in which it lives i on the other hand am one of these people who really love animals and want the best um experience for for any of my pets so um so you know, this week I was also on Etsy buying birch leaves for the fish tank because um, some um, of what they release into the water actually helps guard the fish against um, disease and infection and um, kind of really boosts them like like vitamins. So, uh, yeah, the, you know, the, this fish tank is, uh, is the very best that I can give these fish when they uh, finally show up in a, a few months' time. It sounds great. I look forward to seeing updates and pictures on instagram twitter mm-hmm. facebook etc so I'll, I'll send you uh I'll, I'll post a picture of uh the tank later so you can have a look what you should do is post the picture and tell people can you see the fish and it'll drive people <laughs> nuts because they won't be able to see them just tell them like invisible fish or something <laughs> there are first, three fish in this picture the first one to to point them out wins a prize Yes, exactly. <laughs> should do that. <laughs> it would cheer social media up. Social media needs it. Social media, it's not quite as miserable as it was during election week or election month, but it's still it's still a little bit grumpy, mm. which is just it's very strange. But uh, obviously, we've still got a whole pandemic tweets and stuff going on, and so people are still generally grumpy and fighting with each other over that and <laughs> fighting over it. Whether you know, heaven forbid, you go on Twitter and you see I didn't like a movie because people will come after you for that one. So gone are the days when you can actually have an opinion. Uh, you're not allowed that anymore. Did you see the the Harrods photo I tagged you in earlier? <laughs> yes, I did. It's like, <laughs> you know, oh my now, god! Now nothing like social distancing in that photo, eh? No. What was your my initial thing was that has got to be a fake picture. But then when I looked at the comments, and there was one person mm-hmm. who tweeted, said, "I was there yesterday. It wasn't quite that bad, but it was bad enough that I went home." I thought, mm-hmm. you know what? It probably was genuine. I would generally, and this might be an unpopular opinion, and I don't apologise for it, I would take a nightstick to every one of those people there. (laughs) I was so angry at that, because it's like there is nothing that that is that important that you must get it on that day from Harrods. Nothing. Not Not at all. If that was a food bank or something, you go, or a hospital, you go, okay. Maybe mm-hmm. it was something urgent, but it's Harrods. If I, I, I'm hoping, that, and they probably didn't, but I'm hoping that Harrods just went, we're shut, bugger off, 
And if mm-hmm. they didn't, then yeah. they should be in trouble because any decent person w- who run a shop like that, if they saw a crowd that size outside, flip the lights off, lock the doors, put the shutters down, go and mm-hmm. get lost, come back when you've got half a brain. Yeah. I was fuming looking at that picture. It, it was ridiculous. It really was. Um, yeah. You know, and not only were they packed in like sardines, but the fact that you could probably see one face mask in the whole photo. Yeah. That, you know, it wasn't even people were packed in with face masks. You know, it was, no. it was, it was terrible. I would, I would have pulled up in a truck with a water cannon and just <laughs> blasted a lot of them with skunk piss. That's what I would do. I would just literally soak them. <laughs> they, 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 they do, they do my editing. And these are the same people that want, when the big lockdown comes again in January or early February, they will be on the social media complaining about how crap the government is. Mm, yeah, they'll be like, "Oh, this, that, and the other government can't." No, it's idiots like them that are causing smart people like us to just stay at home and not go to, not go on holiday and not go make films and not go out shopping and all that sort of stuff they, they, they as you can tell they're they're really aggravating me uh, Annette went out the other day into town to pick up her prescription from the local pharmacy and she got on the mm-hmm. bus and somebody sat down next to her on the bus without a mask oh. and f- according to Annette she turned around and she looked at him and went are you having a laugh move so even Annette's <laughs> got to the point where she's getting visibly angry with people and she's generally mm-hmm. not that sort of person she's more like tell me about it when she gets home but she's she's starting to bite back mm. um, and I think that's what it needs it's yeah. just but but there are there is going to be instances of trouble with that because if you say that to the wrong person then you know you get a thump mm. but you know what is the solution I don't know why I, I don't know if there is one who knows an asteroid. Uh, I think know, a big part asteroid. Part thinks you know it's a shame uh, police don't have quotas, you know, because they could have uh, filled them for the next twelve months if they'd gone down to Harrods the other day. Well, they could, but then you look at that on social media, and I think the police a while back the Met put a tweet out saying, you know, anybody who who is aware of any big social gatherings, please let us know. And we will step in and sort it out type thing. And the amount of abuse that that Twitter account was getting, it was horrific. This is what they said in Nazi Germany. You're all stormtroopers. Third, you know, new world. You're like, all they've done, they're trying to protect you, you dumb arses. And that's all you would see if the police went in and cleared all those from Harrods, the amount of abuse that they would get. Mm. But then we, shocking. you know, we, we've had it the other way here in North Wales, where North North Wales police um, tweeted, um, you know, if you, uh, you know, please can you stop calling to to tell us about your neighbour who's got friends over when they shouldn't have because we haven't got the manpower to deal with it. Yeah. So then it takes me back to what is the solution? Yeah. You, I'm effectively the police saying stop calling. Is the police saying mm. it's not our, not our problem? So who's problem is it if you go around and you go oi neighbours stop having people round mm-hmm. get lost then you can get done for causing a disturbance so it's like okay what is the solution mm. I think the solution is we all stay at home and yeah. let the dickheads all get sick mm. you know any uh, desert islands going cheap let us know yeah I'm going to move to Micronesia 
because I was watching, I've been re-watching The West Wing, and we've now finished the all 22 episodes of season one, mm-hmm. so we're now into season two, and they do mention Micronesia, which is, uh, I think it's like 200 or 600 little islands, all in a cluster, mm-hmm. and so I, yeah, I think I might move to Micronesia. Address, Island so. 37, Micronesia. <laughs> yes, I don't know if Amazon deliver there, but it's okay, I don't mind. <laughs> it is all right, so move there after Christmas, I think. Sounds good. <laughs> it should be nice. So you and I were chatting the other day about, and I can't remember how we got onto the conversation, but we were chatting about autographs. We were. Which then just sent me spiralling down my nostalgia thing. <laughs> I think it's because I sent you some pictures or something like that, or, mm-hmm. or who knows. But autograph. I mean, I haven't... I sort of have had some new autographs this year because I'd sent a whole bunch of DVDs to a film director called Paul Tanter, who's done a lot of the, the British crime films and stuff, and um, and a whole bunch of different things. And he'd sent me some of them back, and I'd like they were his films, so I'm like, please sign them. So that's the only new autographs I think I've had this year because mm-hmm. obviously we haven't been able to go anywhere. <laughs> So we can't get any autographs unless we buy them, uh, get them through the post, which is a thing. Yeah, but, I think uh, we were we were talking about um, me um, going to uh, going on to collect um, some uh, signed music CDs and um, yes, we and were and then another uh, and another topic. Yeah, yeah, and then another topic that we're not going to talk yep. about because yeah, can't do that one. That's how we got into that one. So yes, that got me onto thinking autographs and. And then I just went through my old photos and had a look, and there's like me with Craig Charles and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> yeah, would you? Because autographs seem to. I'm excluding 2020 because obviously autographs aren't a thing this year anyway. So, but pre pre that, people tend to go more for the selfies mm-hmm. rather than the autographs now, which is. I don't know if it's an unusual thing, and I've done it myself. It's like since I started up the whole from page to screen thing, the amount of famous, cool, wonderful people that I've met that I would love to have their autographs, I've never felt comfortable enough saying, right, we've just done this work thing, like an interview or whatever. Can I have an autograph? I don't know why. It always (laughs) kind of bothers me. But I do want to start getting back into it, I think, and collecting them. Uh, You know, for for me, I think, yeah, that... Um, when you go out to um, a convention, you know, when that was possible, um, yeah. you know, the the swing to selfies seems to uh, have been quite a large one because, um, you know, when, you know, back in the day before before people were, were taking selfies, you know, you, you might have taken a camera with you and you'd gone up and you'd bought an autograph, you bought a signed book or whatever it may be. And you go, oh, by the way, can I just have a, a, a picture? And, you know, your friend would take it or whatever. And that was always, you know, fine thrown in with the autograph. Now you see people's tables set up, you know, in autograph, you know, £10 selfie, £15. And yeah, yeah, it's it's, uh, inter- it's interesting, isn't it? And which do you prefer? <laughs> you see, I. It's hard, isn't it? It's not both, is the answer. I'd still go down the route of, um, oh, can I buy an autograph, please? And oh, any chance of a, a photo with you? Yeah. And just see if uh, if they go with it. But if they were trying to charge me, you know, fifteen pounds, ten pounds for a photo, I would think about it. You know, especially when it's just 
you know, one that's taken behind um, their sign-in desk or table. You know, if it's a professional one taken at the event, then fair enough, I can understand paying yeah. for it. But, you know, it's not like you've got a decent backdrop. You know, usually behind them is a few posters telling you how much their autographs are or what their CD is or whatever um, they might be selling. So it doesn't look especially flattering. So, um, you know, just... Uh, you know, a, a quick snap, especially if you're buying a, an autograph from them, you think they can yeah. manage uh, that free of charge. Because I've seen all those signs behind the desks when going to places was a thing, and it's like £10 for a selfie. And even sometimes it's like the £10 goes to charity. You go, well, that's kind of nice, but that's still £10 coming out of my pocket. <laughs> so it's, no matter mm-hmm. where it's going, it's still money I've got to pay. But I have never had to pay for a selfie. No, and I it's... don't think I have either. No. And a lot of the time, certainly when I was doing the experience at Comic-Con documentary, which makes it sound like that was planned, it sort of came out of nowhere, but there's a lot of the selfie shots that I've got that are, uh, for example, Annette stood several feet back taking a picture of me talking to the other person. So as far as I'm yeah. concerned, that's, that's, that's a good enough selfie for me. You know, you could see me in the same shot as Michael Bean yeah. shaking his hand. That's all right. I don't need to, I don't need a picture. I don't need a posed selfie. Mm-hmm. As long as you can see the fact that I'm there talking to, you know, like Noel Clark or, or Neil Johnson or whatever, um, yeah. that type of thing, then that's good enough for me. But I think with the autograph thing, it's it's very hard to prove that an autograph picture, even if it's personalised, mm-hmm. is genuine. Yeah. Unless, obviously, like, you were there when I met so-and-so and you saw him, so, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But with a selfie, and well, obviously you could fake selfies, but it's very difficult and generally people don't tend to bother. But with a selfie, it's a case of, yes, that's me with Sean Pertwee. Mm-hmm. You know, my answer, when I went to the Newcastle Film Festival, I met Neil Marshall, who's the writer-director of things like Dog Soldiers, uh, Sean Pertwee, who you'll know. I met both of those, at Abel Ferrara, who I'm a mm-hmm. massive fan of. I was so happy to get up, to be in a picture with them. Not for a second did I think, hmm, I need an autograph. And I also think that's mm. because, well, I don't happen to have a Sean Pertwee 8x10 picture in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> so what can I get him to autograph? The back of this Tesco receipt or something? Mm. But you've always got your phone on you. Mm-hmm. So you can go, can I just grab a picture? Bang. So I think maybe that's what's causing the the shift between autographs and selfies certainly when you meet them out in the wild mm. uh, obviously it's different if you meet them at an event like sci-fi whales or yeah. or mcm comic-con or or whatever but uh, how big do you think your autograph collection is i mean obviously it's a ballpark figure but i'm i'm probably thinking for mine maybe a hundred signatures maybe at some point, I might go through and count them all, but I would probably say about 100. Yeah. Um, I've got to say, I can quite easily say I'm probably over 100. Wow. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's one of those things that they... Um, you know, you start out small, but they can quite quickly um, add up, and it depends yeah. also what you're what you're classing as a uh, an autograph. Before I started um, really collecting like yeah, eight by ten signed photos at conventions, I was a big comic book fan. 
Yeah. And um, there, back in the day where QVC, the shopping channel, was a very new thing, um, they would have um, these um, comic book hours with um, somebody there from a company called Dynamic Forces, who were a big name in and kind of signed comic memorabilia back in the day. And um, so they'd be like, you know, and we have here item 23792, which is this, you know, Star Trek comic number 57 signed by artist whoever, um, you know, comes with a Dynamic Forces certificate for authenticity and this, that and the other. Um, and I got a lot of my autographs then before I was meeting celebrities or, or getting eight by 10. So, you know, I've got a big collection of signed comics uh, ranging from the likes of Star Trek, Star Wars, the X-Files, um, you know, you know, quite a, a big range of them. So that really adds um, a number of signatures to the collection. And then after that, when I moved on to visiting conventions and, um, and celebrities in person, then obviously the, the autograph collection grew even, even bigger. Um, like for me, I think when I go to a convention, I think that one of the biggest things for me is autographs. You know, a lot of people like the dealers and don't get me wrong. I love looking around dealer tables, but as, as we've spoke about before, I like meeting celebrities who you don't necessarily see at all conventions, you know, so people who come um, from outside of the UK or people who don't usually do conventions. And those are the people I'm really interested in getting a signed photo from. Whereas the dealer tables, when I think, well, that's a, um, a board game that I might be able to get online or, from you know the shop around the corner um i'm less likely to spend money on them especially if i don't have a lot of money in my yeah. pocket in the first place so um so i go um to meet these people and to, to collect autographs so much so that i have um a convention bag that literally is um a set of items that i take with me to every convention i go to um and it includes um, a couple of Sharpie pens in different colours. It includes um, an 8x10 hard plastic top loader that you see sometimes that autographs are carried around in. Um, so as soon as I've bought a signed autograph, it can go into that top loader, into the bag, and I know it's not going to get dog-eared nice. or crumpled. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm really kind of set up for, for, for hunting autographs down at these places. What about you? Do you ever kind of go with um, kind of... You know, I want to get an autograph, and if so, do you take anything special? You just turn up and I, I, I just turn up. I, I, I I'm going to start doing that convention bag. That sounds like a genius idea because yeah. <laughs> I have suffered with uh, right, brilliant. Oh, what do I do with this now? I can now. Mm-hmm. Oh no, <laughs> Wait, what am I going to do? It's going to get bent or rained mm-hmm. on or or something like that. And um, I remember the first convention I went to. I mean, autograph wise. Is, I, I went through a phase where I would just go and buy them off eBay because they were genuine, of course. They were. <laughs> why would they, why would they not be? And I bought a few index cards, yeah. you know, for, for sort of so I've got Willem Dafoe's. Uh, who knows whether it's real? Um, it looks real enough. I don't know. I didn't pay a stupid amount of money for it, but I then went out and bought an eight by ten of Willem Dafoe, and I've now got the thing in my folder and, and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I've got Kate Winslet's. Um, so I have all my Susan Sarandon's. Mm-hmm. Um, who else and then when I started to go to a convention I think the first one I went to was probably 2002 Mm -hmm. in Birmingham and it was just it's so overwhelming to 
to look around and go, there's famous people in here. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh, my God. And I was unfortunate enough to have several hundred pounds in my pocket that time. (laughs) And by the time I left, I did not have several hundred pounds in my pocket, but I did have a big pile of signed Mm 8x10s and signed hardback books and, and stuff like that. Um, and I would literally some of the people I weren't wasn't too familiar with, but I knew their name. It's like Ingrid Pitt, who's been in some of the horror, uh, you know, the Hammer mm-hmm. horror movies. I knew her name, but if somebody said right, rattle off some of her films, I would probably struggle at the time. Now I can do it, but yeah. at the time I wouldn't. But it's like she's famous. Need to get her autograph. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, she's got her uh, autobiography there. I'll get one on that and I'll get it signed. Mm-hmm. And I still have those. And she's no longer with us, but I have the memories of just thinking, wow, I'm standing talking to somebody that's been in Hammer movies. This is very, very cool. There was also a lot of the James Bond cast and crew there on the times that I went. So I have so many pictures of various Bond girls over the years. You know, Britt Eklund I've met. Uh, the guy who played Jaws I've met. He's not a Bond girl, but he's a Bond villain. <laughs> and just a whole bunch of people um, over the years. But And then I sort of calmed down a little bit because it's like, look, I can either spend every penny I have on collecting autographs and never have the same one twice, or I can just be a bit more selective yeah. and just go... Do I really want this person? Do I like this person? Do I really want to have a conversation with this person? Mm-hmm. And on the ones it was like, yes. So Edward James Olmos from Miami Vice and Battlestar Galactica. Yes, I would happily and did happily pay the £25, whatever it was, for his autograph. on a lovely little chat. He appears in experience at Gomacon. Uh, RJ Mitty from Breaking Bad. You will see him when you get round to watching Breaking Bad. Lovely guy. He was super cool because we got a signed picture for uh for Sarah, Annette's daughter. Mm-hmm. And also Sarah was pregnant at the time and I was busy filming stuff for Experience at Comic Con and we said to RJ, we're like, look, Sarah would come she would be here but she's about to give birth any day soon. So any chance she could just like wave to her on camera. And he does the sweetest sort of uh, sweetest sort of short video for her and stuff and it, we don't get charged any extra for that so it's when you meet the lovely yeah. lovely celebrities that will go the extra mile yeah. they're amazing I remember when I filmed the Edward James Almost Q&A and he was on stage for maybe 50 minutes chatting and he near the end and he pretty much said I don't like the fact that this if this event has ropes so people can't come up and talk to me unless mm-hmm. they pay money yeah. I don't like that. So if anybody wants to speak to me, wave and I'll come to the ropes and I'll speak to it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> bless him. What a lovely guy. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. So it was, uh, so yeah, I just became a little bit more choosy mm-hmm. about who I met. I mean, I've met Joseph Alton. I've actually sat and had drinks with it. I haven't got a Joe Alton autograph. <laughs> and now I kind of know him that well you know we chat to each other on facebook now and again have i got past that part where it's like joe can i have an autograph please it's you get to a point where you go uh i've got past that bit now am i still allowed to geek out and have a joe and i will i'll get one at some point um but it's it's kind of weird when you go into and you must be the same with sci-fi whales you probably had a lot of guests certainly mm-hmm. i think you you managed to rectify that problem on the final year yeah but the first 3 years i'm pretty sure there were several celebrities there whose autograph you would have loved but you didn't get 
or, yeah. or am I wrong? You know, a lot of the time I was running around making sure everybody was okay and everything was working as it should. Yeah. Um, so I just, you know, completely, you know, missed that opportunity. Um, and like you say, on, on um, the final one, um, then that was rectified and uh, I made sure there was time in my day to go and visit these people and obviously pick up autographs not only for me, but also for you, for yourself as well. Um, I have them in my folder right next to me. Um, yep. You know, so yeah, um, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, it's tough, especially when you're putting on your, you know, um, you know, events to actually get the time, unless you've got a big kind of dedicated team working for you, then, um, yeah. you know, it's hard. Uh, events and oh. um, who've done nice things. I remember meeting yeah. Carla Perez, who played uh, Rita Repulsa in um, the um, Power Rangers TV sh- series. And okay. this was um, just before, I believe it was about a month before, um, Addie's birthday and that year she wanted a Power Rangers themed birthday party so I'd met her whilst I was advertising Sci-Fi Wales at Stoke-Contrent and um, I went over because luckily the Sci-Fi Wales stand was located literally kind of 10-15 feet away from where Carla was sitting and doing her signings um, so I spied my chance when it was quiet, went over, introduced myself um, mentioned my daughter and that she was a big Power Rangers fan and was having this birthday party um, the month after, so is there any chance I could, you know buy an autograph photo, so I bought the autograph photo, signed to Addison happy birthday, uh, blah 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 and um, went back to the stall all happy, and then I thought, you know what you should have asked for a video or something. You know, if you don't ask, yeah. you don't get. And yeah. there was nobody there again. You know, it was a quiet part of the day. So I went over and I said, sorry to bother you again. Is there any chance I was just thinking that you could just do a little video just saying happy birthday? And she did. She was wonderful. She didn't nice. charge me for it. And it was a marvelous video. Absolutely marvelous, you know. Um, you know, she was really nice. And it wasn't just a simple happy birthday. It was, you know, real, you know, hi, Addy, I hear it's your birthday. Have a happy day, you know. Uh, I'm Carla Perez, who played uh, Rita Repulsa, you know. I hope you enjoy Power Rangers. And, you know, a real nice little video. So uh, that was really nice. And uh, she's definitely worth a, a big shout out. She's a wonderful person. It's nice when you meet those people. It is, and thankfully I've met more wonderful people than I have idiots, mm-hmm. which is quite nice. I've only met a couple of idiots, yep. but you know that's not bad considering the sheer amount of people that I've met. But generally with the charging of the videos and the selfies, that's usually the event, mm. isn't it? It's not usually the person themselves, as far as I can tell. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's an odd one. Sometimes the event can... Um, be in on it sometimes they can't so it all depends on the actual event and there's no real way of knowing kind of who's behind it because it's like I think the only way that I would understand I think if you're you're paying for a signed picture Mm -hmm. I have no issue whatsoever paying for that Mm -hmm. none at all be it £20 be it £25 but I think that's probably my limit I think I don't think I would ever go over 30 quid. Yeah. I don't think. Unless it's somebody just like stupidly famous. But then again, I don't know if I would just out of sheer principle. It's like, look, you're signing a picture. Mm-hmm. For God's sake, it's not worth it. But so if you're you're paying that for a photo, it's fine. Have a selfie. I think mm-hmm. if you're paying, for, because that 
photo needs printing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the pe- and even the pens need buying for God's yeah. sake. You know, you you don't go through a couple of pens, but generally the, the photos need printing, so that's fine. But a selfie doesn't cost anything. There's no production. But if if you are going up to somebody and you're joining a queue and you're like, hey, Oliver Stone, uh, can I just have a selfie? <laughs> and that's it. Then charge. Yeah. Because you've got to make some. You're there to do something. Fine, do it that way. Yeah, and it does if take you're a bit having of time if you're, out of the day. So if you're not, yeah, of course. you know, if you're um, doing free selfies for everybody all day, then it does take away from people who might want to pay for your autographs. So you would possibly miss out yeah. on sales. You could have, you could actually end up with a, a full queue of people going. I don't want to give you money. I just want a free picture. And then you know, it's never going to happen that that person's going to be there again because they can't afford to be brought over to whatever country the the event is in. But yeah, so I've, I've, I don't know. I, I don't think I would pay for a selfie. Mm. Just on principle, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I'm probably I'm probably very two faced. It's like yeah, I'll pay five quid, but I would not pay the same price as an autograph picture for a selfie picture. Yeah, I'm one of those people. You know, I would much prefer to pay for the autograph and, and get a selfie thrown in, yeah. even if. You know, you'd usually do your autograph for a, uh, for a tenner, but you'd boost the price up to fifteen pounds just because you're thinking, well, if a lot of people ask me for a selfie, you know that, you know, I want to charge for it, but I don't want to seem to charge for it. I'd, st- you know, yeah. you know, it, it's. I'd be yeah. fine. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Just don't tell me you're charging me five quid for the yeah, selfie. Exactly. That's all. Just cut. Just lie to me and say it's fifteen pound for the picture. I'm <laughs> and I have no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah, like. Um, but- it's like you say it's it's a tough one because some events um have a part to play in um the prices that the autographs are sold for or yeah. uh, you know or forbid selfies for one so sometimes you might go to an event and say oh you know i've just met such and such um i've asked for a selfie and they said they're not doing them you know what what a nasty person but actually it could be um the owner of the event who's actually put that stipulation in because they want to flog um the tickets to photo the shoots. professional photo shoots um that was something that we never did at sci-fi wales you know there was no restriction on um selfies um you know it was like yeah if you want to do a selfie with somebody that's that's your business you know nothing to do with us whatsoever and most of my selfies from sci-fi wheels are me on stage talking to them which you know what it might not be a one-on-one selfie but it's still kind of cool mm-hmm. <laughs> that i'm on stage talking to these people and i do look at those pictures quite often and go wow i miss those days yeah. <laughs> where are they <laughs> um funny funnily enough um one of the guests from the uh um, the very first sci-fi whales, Lee Sullivan, who uh, is a comic yes. book artist. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I met um, Lee through doing his official um, online shop. Um, yep. You know, I, I designed and built that website. So um, me and Lee knew each other um, from that. And when it came to the first sci-fi whales, um, I'd managed to pick up, he was the, um, the sole illustrator for... Um, all the William Shatner Tech War um, comics. Oh yeah, yeah. I watched the TV mm. series of that. I've never, never read the comics. Well, I'd managed to pick up um, at some point during the year. Somebody was selling the entire collection on eBay um, before the first Sci-Fi Wales. So I managed to get the entire collection of comics and literally said to Lee on the day, I said, "Any chance you could sign me these?" And just literally, 
you know, a pile of comics got plonked in front of him, and he very kindly oh. did. So um, I've got every single Tech War comic signed by Lee. And now this wasn't part of a queue, was it? That you were in when you did that? No, it was. Uh, it, Good. It was, uh, it was a queue <laughs> jump. It was uh, straight to the front. There you go, Lee. <gasps> no, with well, sort of a people behind you no, waiting. It, it was actually. Oh, that's the all right. Show, then. The show had opened, so uh, that's so it was all right. Nice. You just narrowly. You've narrowly escaped because I have seen those people. I remember it's. Uh, I think the most recent one was at Grimfest a couple of years ago when Jen and Sylvia Soska were there, and they'd been there for like two hours meeting everybody. And this was running up till about eleven o'clock at night, and some guy showed up with like a truck full of stuff, loads, and you could just see other people just looking daggers, <clears throat> daggers. It's like you know, by all means, show, and that is why people charge for autographs. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? But I mean, the Soskas weren't at this event. They were there as part of the event, so they were signing. They weren't making any money off that. So, but yeah, they're, they're kind of always annoying. Go, can you sign this and this and this and these and that and this? Would you like them personalising? No, you're going to flog them. You horrible git. <laughs> it's like you know, people in the queues do not like people doing. Let that. me tell you a weird one. Um, I want to say it was probably from the second Sci-Fi Wales when we had um, a big Star Wars lineup. Oh, I love that! Uh, so, that is the only panel that I have not got me on stage oh, as in a picture. It's the only one uh, out of the whole four years. But yeah, I I happened to be um, where all the celebrities were were based that year and signing autographs, and um, at a table, and somebody walked in. Um, and said, oh, oh, can you sign this, please? You know, got it signed. And they said, yes, um, I've been after this autograph for ages. Walked out the event and went home. Didn't literally <laughs> had bought a ticket to go in, get that one autograph and leave. Didn't even bother looking around oh. or anything. And you think, well, if you are a fan of this person, surely this is the kind of stuff you'd like. You'd at least, you know, spend a yeah. bit of time and have a look around. But... Yeah, um, sit in the Q and A panel and listen to them. Yeah, you know, some people are weird. Some people are strange. The weirdest one I ever saw was somebody going up to Bond girl Carolyn Monroe, mm-hmm. going, "Can you sign this, please, Jessica? What what films have you been in then?" And I was horrified. Oh. It's like if you don't know, just pretend. Don't just blag your way. Don't tell the person you've no idea who they are whilst you're asking for. Yeah, pull up IMDb before like, you get there. Or well, that's what I did with a lot of them. It would be. And these were ones that were held in Birmingham because I sent you a lot of the, the shots of the week so the majority of those were in Birmingham and it would be a case of there's an event coming up in November let me look on IMDb oh, I'm not familiar with that name let me look, you know, who are they? Yeah. Oh, they've been in this, this, this and then I would type up a little piece of paper and put it in my pocket and, you know, five or six films that they'd been in and so I could actually hold a conversation with them and learn who they were and, and you know, obviously the early days when I just wanted to collect every single autograph that I could get, but now I make damn sure that I know who they are. And it's like, oh, they're appearing. I want to go to that mm-hmm. event and and go see them and stuff. So, what what are some of the famous people that you've seen that you did not get an autograph from that you regret not getting an autograph from? I've got two. Um, I've got one that's one that's Sarah mm-hmm. Douglas who I saw at one of the events in Birmingham, but I now have her autograph because she sent me a Christmas card at one point. And uh, Denise Crosby from Star Trek The Next Generation, who I have been in the same room with, took a picture of her, but I didn't really go up and get an autograph because I didn't know what to say to her because she's Denise Crosby. <laughs> um, for me, probably um, 
you know, I I wish I'd got um, Kenny Baker's autograph, and I wish I'd got Dave Prowse's yeah. autograph, just because they're sadly no longer with us. Uh, well, we were we were stood yeah. ten feet from Kenny Baker we in Manchester. We were he's literally he's, he's next to Michael Bean, <laughs> and I I've never met I've seen him Comic Cons many times, and I haven't got a Kenny Baker autograph, so I'm right there with you. I've also seen Dave Prowse, but I don't have one of his either. So we're uh, we're neck and neck on that. Um, anyone else? You know, probably a lot. I think part of me, unless when I see a, a Comic Con um, that I go to, I look at the guests beforehand and I'll go, you know, I want that autograph and that autograph. And it sticks that way because usually I didn't have the money to get more. And, yeah. um, you know, if if I have got the money, then, you know, I'd want to just go from person to person. And like you say, you can end up with £700, you know, burning a hole yeah, in your pocket and then that's gone by the end of the day. Um, so, you know, I kind of restrict myself um, and then, you know, part of me thinks, well, why you should have, you know, splashed out a bit more when you're at these events. So there's probably lots of people um it's uh yeah it's uh, it's yeah it's tough to nail down what was do you remember your first autograph um whether it was in person or via mail or you know mail order or just writing them a letter i think i have a few and i can't remember which one was the first one <laughs> it was when i was a kid <laughs> Uh, my parents used to take me to a football match, the local one, and uh, the Scottish manager was there for some reason, and my parents went, go get his autograph, so I went out and got that autograph. I don't know what happened to it. So that was probably the first one that I ever yeah. got. Um, I think the first one I ever got by writing a letter was probably Oliver Stone's, mm-hmm. I think, and that was because I'd written him a letter uh, saying that you know I'd loved uh, his movies over the years and blah 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 and look I'm looking forward to watching this film about Alexander the Great he's doing and, and that I was writing my own screenplays and he sent me this picture back which I've still got which is slightly faded so at some point I'm going to go out and buy a photo scanner after our conversation earlier on in the week and digitally scan in all of my pictures and that way I've got a perfect record of them so that's something I'm going to purchase um, but I went through a phase where I would I had all the postal addresses for all the major Hollywood players and I would sit and write hand le- handwritten letters so I wrote to John Carpenter mm-hmm. and he sent me one back which is now stuck to glass so that's <laughs> like damn uh, David Cronenberg David Fincher who's done Seven and Fight Club mm-hmm. uh, so he wrote me a lovely little hand he's probably the one that's only the, the only one that's written me a nice hand signed letter back and it was thank you for your kind words Finch so that one I've still got uh, in my uh, my folder so I think they were probably the first ones Jerry Bruckheimer who's a big producer he did Top Gun and Days of Thunder and Crimson Tide and The Rock and all that sort of stuff I sent him a fax mm-hmm. <laughs> and then probably a few weeks after that a, a lovely black envelope with gold embossed writing showed up and I'm like what's this and I opened it up and it was a signed 8 by 10 from Jerry Bruckheimer lovely. addressed to me so I think they were the first ones the first ones I think I got in person was probably Ingrid Pitt mm-hmm. from the Hammer movies, Carolyn Monroe from James Bond, and Craig Charles mm-hmm. from Red Dwarf. Since then, I have got a, I think, I don't know, I haven't got a Robert Llewellyn one because I'd got one for my girlfriend at the time. 
who's a massive Red Dwarf fan. So I think she got that one. Uh, I've got a Craig Charles. I've got a Norman Lovett, which I also got another Norman Lovett from you. And Hattie mm-hmm. Hayridge, I've got her original one. Uh, so that sort of did my Red Dwarf um, collection, but that's my my first one. What about you? Um, for um, writing a letter or something, um, I was, as a kid growing up, I, I really loved Tomorrow's World, the BBC TV show. Yeah. Um, so I was watching that when it was Peter Snow and Philippa Forrester. Um, as presenters, wow. yeah. so I'd wrote a um, a letter to um, the BBC saying, you know, how much I love the show and um, and everything, and got um, a kind of a, a printed letter back with um, a photo of Philippa and a photo of Peter, um, both of them signed. So uh, I was really nice. happy with those as a kid, um, as you would be. You still, you still got I'm it? I'm pretty sure I have somewhere. I put them in um, nice. one of those yep. kind of clip frames, um, and I think with the letter as well, and uh, kept them that way. So I think that's uh, still um, hanging about somewhere. Um, that yep. the first person in um, that I met in person um, was um, I'd been taken. Uh, on holiday i used to have um holidays at like kind of um your pontins and your butlins as a kid um and um it happened to be that when we were there do you ever remember the um, british comedian Stu francis from cracker do, jack yep. and, and that kind of yep. thing have a pen yeah. yep um he was there um, putting on um, a show one night, and um, after the show, they'd set him up a table so you could go and meet him um, and get a, a signed photo and everything. And I remember being in this queue for what seemed like hours and hours. It, you know, you imagine every kid who was at <laughs> yeah. um, at that holiday park at the time was queuing up to to meet Stu Francis. But I, uh, I stuck it out, stayed in that queue, and uh, and met Stu Francis and got a signed photo. There's nothing like standing in your queue, though, no. is Because you you're, you don't want to leave because you think, well, if I leave, I'm not going to get it. But how yeah. longer am I going to have to wait? I remember when I went to Grimfest, mm-hmm. I had uh, a scheduled interview with the Soska sisters. Mm-hmm. And it was after their film. So after the film's finished, they're going to meet a few fans, sign some autographs, and then you can speak to them. So I was stood literally six feet away from the pair of them mm-hmm. for three hours <laughs> as this queue just never ended. And as it got to like 11 o'clock at night, I, I'm thinking, this is probably not going to happen because this queue is not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And they kept looking over and this, that, and the other. And I was stood there literally right behind them for three hours. And <laughs> I ended up getting my interview and everything was great. And I got an autograph and stuff. But yeah, the, the queues are like, oh no, do I wait? Do I not wait? Is Am I now looking creepy because I'm still waiting? Mm-hmm. What do I do? So yeah. So Stu Francis. I remember um, talking to queues and, and that kind of thing. Um, going to Manchester to um, signing at a Forbidden Planet store, um, which was James Masters from Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh, and everything. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And um, the, where Forbidden Planet was in Manchester, it was like this kind of um, block building block that there was a huge square around you know with all these other shops and everything like that and the queue literally wrapped around that it was absolutely heaving and uh, we must have been in the queue for (laughs) two to three hours um and uh, i was there um 
purchasing for the sci-fi shop so um i was one of these people who went in buying as many signed photos as i could um <gasps> oh no but um <laughs> The uh, the organisers, with how many people were there, were limiting it to um, to three signed photos per person. Um, so I came away with six. Um, okay, what ask how you did that? But uh, how was how was James then? Was he he cool? was he was fantastic. He was shattered though because um, whenever right. I meet these people, I always end up talking to the managers because um, there's always a chance that you might want to work with them in the future. So it's good to exchange details. And the manager told yeah. me just in a convention that weekend um, somewhere in the UK, and um, I think he'd said um, he'd signed something like seven and a half thousand um, photos a day at this event. That's got to be a killer because we don't handwrite anymore. No, do we as human beings? I mean, we, you know, when I was at my night job or whatever, and you go, "Oh, we just got to fill this paperwork in." You'd write your name in a few lines. You'd be like, "Oh, I'll answer it." <laughs> we don't write anymore. We we type. So seven and a half thousand in but, a day. That's but nuts. when you think of what these people charge for an autograph, that's a lot of money yes. you're taking home with it. Oh. I I would. Yeah, I would be able to sign that many, I think, <laughs> if I was being paid that amount. So that's just taking away any pain whatsoever. From but yeah, that. he, he um, was a lovely guy. Yeah. Um, he, you know, um, he quickly posed for a photo as well um, and everything. So, yeah. Nice. That's a cool one to meet. The only Buffy person I've ever met, well, not met, but I've seen and photographed lots of times, was Eliza Dushku. Okay. Um, who I haven't met, but I was stood like 10 feet away from her and I just took loads of photos because it was like, oh my God, there's Eliza Mm -hmm. Dushku. Because generally at these conventions, certainly the Birmingham ones, it wasn't usually the US people that came in. It was usually your Doctor Whos, your uh, your Red Dwarfs and, you know, Bond people and stuff, which is still kind of (laughs) cool, but very rarely did you get somebody that was kind of still current. Yeah. You know, like a huge star. Mm-hmm. So you'd be like, oh my God, how have they got them? But uh, yeah, that's one of my regrets, not getting Eliza Dushku's autograph. Yeah. But I have probably about 20 shots of her. I do have her autograph, but it wasn't um, from an in-person meeting. Ah, still pretty cool though. It is. And, uh, so, I know it's genuine. Um, yeah. so, uh, so that's a good thing. Um, obviously, if you are uh, an autograph collector and... Uh, you are buying away from these people and not meeting them in person, then there are things you can do to uh, to make sure that the uh, the piece of paper you're purchasing is genuine and uh, not fake. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually it involves making sure that the person who's selling it has got the right providence and is a member of some kind of autograph collector's club, usually the UACC, which is the Universal Autograph Collector's Club, um, which I think most reputable dealers are a member of. Yes, I'm just flicking through my little folder now, and I've got somebody from Sliders, Ooh. and uh, I've got uh, uh, John Reese Davis on the other page. I've got Nicole De Boer, so you know Dax mm-hmm. from DS9, looking good there. Oliver Stone, Chloe Annette from Red mm-hmm. Dwarf, uh, a couple of Drew Barrymore ones. I've got Alice Krieg who played the Borg Queen, me too. Uh, Claudia Christensen from Babylon yeah, Five. Me too. 
Virginia Hay, who <laughs> I think she's pretty much covered her entire picture with uh, with with writing. So I've got uh, an old Clark one, Peter Gabriel, Sophie Aldred got hers, uh, Michael Bean, Norman Lovett, Saul Rubinek, who's also been in Star Trek. He was the one he collected. Remember when Data got kidnapped and he was mm-hmm. uh, all the collector's toys or whatever it was. I've got him, Ingrid Pitt, uh, Clem Soul, Sarah Fithian. Um, I have got uh, Carolyn Monroe, Britt Eklund, Craig Charles, Steve Davis for some weird reason, <laughs> uh, Richard Keel from from uh, uh, from Bond. Mm-hmm. I have got Lee Sullivan, who's done the wonderful. You got me this. Mm-hmm. The uh, the lineup of all the doctors, and he keeps which adding, is now out of date. He does keep adding to it, though. If you look at his website, he just updates the picture every now and again when uh, when he does the new Doctor, so he will be up to date on his website. And uh, Well, the newest one I have got has got Matt Smith on yep. it, so that's the newest Doctor that I have got. Uh, Madeline Smith from Bond. I have got a picture of the Godfather with a whole bunch of signatures on that, including who have I got? Marlon Brando, Al Pacino, Diane Keaton, Talia Shire, James Kahn, and Francis Ford Coppola, all under one picture. Let me put that back inside the folder. John Fouts, who I've podcasted with. I've got a signed cast CSI um, one. I have got a Pulp Fiction, which is Sam Jackson, John Travolta, Bruce Willis, and Uma Thurman. Elizabeth Shue. Uh, a whole bunch, a whole bunch of autographs. I do. I, they give me pleasure to look at them. <laughs> They're mm-hmm. great. I do like to sort of take the book out now and again and go. Let me just flick through. Oh, I'd forgotten I had that one. But uh, it is something I think I would like to get back into. Yeah. Um, Start. You know, I think. I think it will. It's uh, it's one of those lovely things. Now, when it comes to autograph collecting, though, do you prefer your signed photo, or you're not? Pre- you're not bothered what you get signed a dvd a book you know a lot of people have moved into um the funko area and you know if they they go into a convention they can pick up a a funko pop of uh, a character that they they love and if that person then's appearing at the uh, the event they have that signed what what your thoughts on that what do you prefer you got any preferences the the two things i prefer either the eight by ten photos or a movie poster Mm -hmm. Because I've got quite a few movie posters. I'm looking in my room now, and across from me is a signed Terminator poster by Linda Hamilton oh, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, so that looks cool on a wall. But if I'm meeting them in person, generally it is either a poster that I've bought that I take. So when I was meeting George A. Romero, who did Night of the Living Dead, uh, I bought online a, a massive Dawn of the Dead poster, and I've got that signed by four cast members who were there at the time. So that's kind of cool. Because if I'm going to get a big clump of autographs on them, then mm-hmm. I would go for the poster. Yeah. But if it's a one-on-one, I'll always go for an 8 by 10 I, I can't imagine getting a Funko signed because they just they are not easy to protect <laughs> those things. It could so easily get crushed or damaged. And no, 8 by 10s mm-hmm. for me. And I always make them pick their own picture. Yeah. Unless it's like when I met Ed, Edward James Olmos, he was most famous at that time for either Blade Runner or Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. And he actually said to me that I was the only person, whilst he's been in the UK, that went for the Miami Vice picture. <laughs> <laughs> and so even then you go, well, I, you know, if, if I see something stupidly special, it's like, well, you know, I associate you with Miami Vice. I would like to so, to do the Miami Vice one. Uh, it sparks up a conversation, which it did with me and Edward. But generally, if I'm not too fussed about the picture, 
I will always ask mm-hmm. them to choose the picture, which again yeah. provokes a conversation like the Ingrid Pitt one. Oh, I'm going to pit. I'm going to give you one where I'm half naked. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Makes for a fun story. But what what about yourself? Do you, what do you prefer? Um, you know, I I think more than anything, the eight by tens is is my kind of personal preference i remember kind of when i first started meeting celebrities thinking you know vhs dvds and thinking well we did go from vhs to dvds and so if i got a vhs signed they're probably going to go out of fashion and you know (laughs) you know maybe they will date so i try and avoid um kind of uh kind of physical media of that form um i like the idea of funko's um, but I've mm. never really had the opportunity to do it. Um, one thing that I did um, really enjoy is, um, and I think when we did the video po- um, podcast, um, I might have shown it on there, um, was the fact that when um, Richard James um, was visiting for one of his theatre runs here, um, I actually got to take a photo of him myself on um, the big deck chair that was outside of the hotel that slept. Yeah, yeah, I've got pictures in. of me sat on there. Um, <laughs> so I took the photo, and um, then um, uh, rushed around, I believe, to Asda at the time, had an 8x10 yeah. printed professionally, and then got him to actually sign that photo. So it's a, a photo that nice. I took. So nobody else has got that photo, and that's signed uh, by Richard. So that's pretty special. Um, I, I am one of these people, I, I quite like uniqueness. Um, you know, yeah. especially you'll find um, some celebrities also do their own run of photos for sale, but that that are some kind of um, limited edition. So a good one for that is I've got um, a a semi-nude photo of Claudia Christensen. Um, that, okay, yep. You um, do need to send me a picture of that as well, by the way, just not, not out of any everything, just because I think I'd, we were swapping pictures of her, <laughs> some of her autographs earlier. On, so. um, and yeah, that one... Um, I want to say it was titled um, Seductive in Silver or something along those lines. Um, okay. And um, it's actually got little stickers on there that says like kind of one of 500, two of 500. Oh, so, wow. you know, there, there was only that many produced and signed, which, you know, just to me, I, I'm a sucker for things that are limited edition and um, are a bit kind of rarer. Um, so that kind of stuff I absolutely love. I think photo-wise, the only time I've ever done like you did with Richard James one is I yeah. went to a Peter Gabriel concert, took a lot of photos, and I got I got one printed out that I thought, that's the perfect photo. And a friend of mine sent it off to Peter Gabriel's record company, and Peter Gabriel sent me a letter back, or sent him a letter back, and then he forwarded it to me, and signed my picture that I took of Peter Gabriel. Oh, so that's lovely. the closest... I've got to that one, and then he also included like an official one mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I think photos are like what you said about uniqueness. Mm. The only photo that I wish I had signed that I didn't get a chance to was the Zarafithian one with the sword. Mm-hmm. That's a, a I love, I love that. It's a, such a cool photo, and it's like at some point I'll be like Zara with one of them, and I will get one because I, uh, from a photography point mm. of view, that is such a cool photo. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the ones I'm chasing after. Who, who's autograph? I mean, obviously it's a it's a long list. If it's a case of whose autograph would you like, mm-hmm. 
But off the top of your head, what are a couple? This is not me fishing for Christmas presents for you, by the way. So don't get too excited. I've already bought all <laughs> yours. They're in a box. It's all taped up. But what are who are a couple that you think? So you can go sort of full. This is autograph that I'd love. But realistically, mm-hmm. what are who are a couple that you would like to to get signatures from? Um, I'd love Tony Todd. You know, anybody who listens to the podcast a lot. You know, there's no secret that I'm a big Tony Todd fan. Um, but, you know, rather than Candyman um, or kind of some of the more well-known roles that he's played, I would want um, the Star Trek um, kind of old Jake Sisko from The Visitor, which I think would probably be quite yeah. unique as a photo. He probably doesn't get many people who ask him for that yeah, unless he appears so. at a Star Trek convention. Um, and then he's got a few characters to go to. Go. Um, from because obviously he played Kern Wolf's brother as well. So, um, yeah. you know, there's there's that photo that I would love. Um, I also think, again, um, from Deep Space Nine, I would really like um, Avery Brooks, who played um, Ben Sisko. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. like yourself, have been re-watching Deep Space Nine a lot um, during this year. Um, and I just love... His character, I love how he plays it. It really does take on the role. Um, so much so that if you actually go and watch the Deep Space Nine documentary, you see that, um, you know, yeah. during certain scenes where he's um, where he's playing Benny, um, the comic book artist, and he breaks down on the floor because um, of kind of um, he's told to stay at home because he's black, so he can't have his photo in the next issue. Um, you know when he breaks down on the floor, the cast say when, when it cut is shouted, he's still on the floor crying and he's yeah. not snapped out of it. Cause he really is in that, you know, playing that role. And, you know, it's really obvious when you watch deep space nine, how much he puts into the role. So I really think, you know, somebody like that is, it would be a great person to have a photo from. And I think he's actually a great fit for star Trek because for me, Star Trek's all about pushing boundaries and showing about yeah, kind of acceptance and um, what should be rather than what reality is. And um, you know, you know, equality is a is a huge issue. And I think you know, they they bring that into Star Trek: Deep Space Nine so well with his character. Um, so yeah, um, he's definitely high up on my list. Um, if I go for something that's not Star Trek then it gets more difficult um i would probably say something like um a cash shot from um sliders which is one of my favorite um sci-fi shows or um jericho which i know we've spoken about before um yeah. on this podcast yeah. which you know i know there's a few jericho tv shows but this is the one about kind of the apocalyptic um you know america where it's been bombed by an enemy and then towns kind of are forming their own uh, little alliances to keep going because of raiding and all that kind of stuff that was a really good show that i think great show um, skeet ulrich mm-hmm. yeah, was uh, and obviously um you know i i think that was um cut off before before it should have been um yeah, so yeah something like that i think what about you okay well i was thinking cast photos i want one of the cast of v yeah which v are we talking like, about watching, here by the way oh the original yeah. one you know but well, the original 80s one not the reboot i didn't i tried yeah. to watch the remake but i just like you know what i can't 
I can't get used to that. It's probably a bit like me and Discovery. I'm like, no, it's not next gen or DS9. Yeah. I'm I'm out. Um, but I know Discovery's improved mm-hmm. apparently. So, but uh, yeah, looking at the cast list of V when I was rewatching it the other month, it was a case of I've not seen them for ages. I've not seen them for ages. Where have they all gone? And at some point, I may do an article about where a lot of them have gone. But you don't see them. No, half of them. On TV, I mean, obviously Sarah Douglas is still around, Jane Badler is still around, Mark Singer, I think, popped up in the the reboot of V, Michael Ironside's still around, but generally, a lot of them, are, I don't know where they are, <laughs> so I'd love like a, some sort of cast V signature. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Ironside, obviously, he's one of my ultimate people I would just love to sit down and have a conversation with, and obviously get his autograph, not just for V, but for things like Total Recall and Scanners and, and stuff like that. Um, I will get a Joe Alton one at some point. <laughs> I will probably just message him and go, "How do I get one?" Because it's like I'm a I'm a big fan of his work right across the board. It's like he pops up in small things. He usually dies because he enjoys dying, <laughs> and then he pops up. He's just in like everything: Misfits, Game of Thrones, uh, just a crazy amount of stuff. Um, and and he's accessible to me. I, I literally can speak to him and say, "Can I have one?" Um, and and I want that Zarephithian with the sword mm-hmm. picture. So, but I think at some point I'm looking forward to when we get to spend a fair bit of time together and we can actually go right. Let's compare autograph collections. I'm really mm. looking forward to that thing. I think there may be a documentary in there somewhere oh, yeah. where we could just film it and go look at this, look at that, and then not tell anybody where our houses are so we don't get robbed. <laughs> I've got to ask you: Do you have something that you think is kind of um, one of the more unique? autographs you've got whether it be because what they've signed something that is it a bit like a one-off like the photo i've got richard james or something because the uniqueness of what it has you know such and such has signed a a tin of heinz baked beans or you know (laughs) anything that that you say is a bit unique in your collection um I've got a signed Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring DVD from Peter Jackson. Mm-hmm. So I got that. It was given to me by someone who drove him. So I know <laughs> that's real. Um, I have a signed... Oh, it's got, what's it called? I can't remember the name of the book because a lot of my books are in, in boxes at the minute for various reasons. And it's a signed Alec Guinness book, which is crazy rare because he passed away many, many years ago. But I've got signed that. But I think probably the most rare and cool thing that I've got is a signed book by one of the Cray twins which is probably just kind of a cool talking point people are how did you get that and that is something that I purchased through through a seller Mm -hmm. and whatnot many many years ago um I don't have anything really quirky that's signed though you know because I I don't know I think it's like we talked about the pop figures but it would be just too awkward so I have blu-rays signed and a lot of hardback books that are Mm -hmm. signed got quite a reasonable collection of those um, but I don't think I've got anything weird. I think if you, I've got those little figures that Zara yeah. had at Sci-Fi Wales, uh, she signed, I believe. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, so I've got one of those that's signed, which looks pretty cool. Um, but I think one of the things I want to get into is props. At yeah, some point, I want things cool. that have been used on screen. And the only things I have on screen at the minute, I have a little piece of the Time Crystal mm-hmm. from uh, Neil Johnson's The Time War. I have an assault rifle. That he, t- I asked him what it was used in, and he told me, and I think I've forgotten again. But I think that was used in the Time War or Rogue mm-hmm. Warrior, one of the two. I'm sure he will remind me when he gets to this. But he's already told me once, but I've forgotten. <laughs> and uh, I have Charlie Bond's mm-hmm. dress from Dead Air. Lovely. 
So I've got all of those. I, I've not tried it on yet, <laughs> but you know, I don't think it's too small at me. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, and um, I do wish it had gone one step further with this. Um, the uh, the first sci-fi whales where um, Caitlin Blackwood was a guest, um, who play, yes. played obviously the uh, the young Amy Pond in Doctor Who. Um, mm-hmm. One of the iconic outfit she wore was that um, kind of duffel coat, the blue duffel coat where she's sitting on the suitcase waiting for the Doctor as a kid. Yeah. And um, speaking to um, her mum before um, her appearance and everything, I managed to track down um, the the same um, make um, of of this coat and, um, and buy it which was on display um, at that Sci-Fi Wales Little known to me, um, when uh, Caitlin did her professional photo shoot um, ops with everybody who bought a ticket, um, my parents got her to pose for a photo with the the coat, um, oh, which cool. was printed okay. out then um, and um, signed by Caitlin to me. So it's nice. her with the... F- with the coast at Sci-Fi Wales and, and signed to me, so that's a bit special. But I do wish actually nice. she'd sign the inside of the coat because I think that would have been pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it would. Next yeah, time. Next time. <laughs> next time. But yeah, so I've, obviously we could carry on talking we for could. hours and hours and hours about stuff like that. So we will probably, oh, uh, if anybody who's <laughs> listening has any more questions about what they'd like like us to delve into and tell stories about just you know let me know by twitter dm or or something like that but yeah i have not even scratched the surface of of my collecting habits over the years and it's something that i did kind of get out of a little bit but i want to get back into Mm -hmm. it but it's how do we you know am I still okay doing that? Am I still allowed to be a film fan, even though I do a lot of publicity and, and stuff like that? I, I haven't got Lamissa to sign my Mimi poster yet, but uh, that will happen, and then I may have to actually put my own signature on, so that'll be kind of weird. <laughs> but uh, that's presuming the film ever comes out. Hopefully it will. Um, but I look forward to just scratching more of the surface about memorabilia and Comic-Cons and events and stuff like that, because uh, it's fun. I'm it looking is. forward to 2021 when hopefully they are a thing mm, again. That would be nice. It would be very, very nice. So, um, but yeah, I've enjoyed the conversation as always, Rob. We have uh, shot over the 90 <laughs> minute mark that we normally aim for, but you know, we were doing Oops. well. We were on a roll. The, the story warranted it. It was yep. fine. And uh, I shall probably chat to you tomorrow. You're not back at work nope. yet? Or are you back at work? Nope. Okay. I shall chat to you at some point tomorrow. Sounds very good. And, um, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, in, the, in the show notes, there's a little Patreon link. Thankfully, nobody's subscribed yet, because guess what? You don't get an extra, but it helps the show out if you decide to chuck something in for Christmas. It can mm-hmm. go towards Rob's headset or <laughs> something like that. Um, and whatever you're subscribing through or listening to, it'd be really, really nice if you left a review, because I never, ever ask for reviews. We're not going to pay any money if they leave reviews, but apparently it generates some sort of weird algorithm that then makes the show fly up a list and then more people can listen to me and you just ramble on about whatever we damn well choose. Yeah, give us five uh, stars, recommend us to a friend and all that good stuff. Five stars would be good. Um, And uh, yeah, everybody go out and wear a mask and stay the hell away from people. Don't make them sick. It's the festive season. Do not make them ill. 
because it would be nice to have a nice healthy December. Mm-hmm. So on that note, take care, Rob. Hey, Enjoy Ken, the rest of your evening. And I will chat to you Sounds very good. soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.